So the markets are now thinking that the Fed won't go as far, that the weaker-than-expected CPI shows that we are over the worst, but the Fed is out saying no, inflation is still way too high. Uh, we'll see what the expectations are in the latest Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey later on. That'll give us the one- and five-year inflation predictions. But the one beneficiary of all this talk of lower inflation, the Aussie dollar. It's up today, and UK GDP later. Uh, they might be heading for a recession, although it can't be yet because Andrew Bailey said the six quarters of downturn aren't until the second half of the year. It's Friday. It's the 12th of August, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So a mixed response on US equities this morning. The Nasdaq doing so well yesterday is down 0.6% at close today. The S&P 500 down just less than 0.1%. The Dow is up just up less than 0.1%. And in Europe, the Eurostox 50 is up 0.2%, but the FTSE is down over half a percent. In the States, the online uh, players that were doing so well yesterday, but badly today, Amazon, for example, down 1.4% today, for example. There's a bit of a bond sell-off happening, pushing yields up, 11 basis points for 10-year treasuries, although this isn't happening at the front end of the yield curve. Two years are down about one basis point. Yields are up for 10 years in Europe as well, up 11 for 10-year gilts in the UK. Aussie 10-year bond yields were up five basis points yesterday to 3.28%, up about 15 basis points on the futures overnight as well. A slight move down in the US dollar. The Aussie is up 0.2%, over 71 US cents now. The pound is down 0.2%. The euro almost up 0.2%. So make of all of that what you will. And oil, uh, it's up quite a bit. Brent back over $100 a barrel uh, overnight, just below that now. Uh, But 2.6% up on the session. And WTI is up over 3% as well. So let's have a look at all of that with David DeGaris. He's with me from, uh, from NAB in London. Uh, It looks, if you look at, you know, what's happening with bond yields Mm. and oil, and the US dollar and the Aussie dollar, the highest it's been for quite a while. Mm. You might be forgiven for thinking there's a bit of confidence in the uh, global economy, Dave. And is this really just more of that, you know, our oh, look, inflation's peaked thinking that uh, we've all <laughs> taken, well, not all of us, but, you know, a, a slice of people have taken from uh, that downside surprise on the uh, on the CPI numbers? Yeah, I think that's sort of still ringing in people's ears, isn't it, fellas, to how long yeah. that's going to remain? I mean, we've, since then, we've had a serving of Fed speakers telling telling the market that um, the, the job on inflation is far from done. And I think the market was was prepared to believe, you know, this may be the peak in inflation. Um, and as you said, NASDAQ is down today. Um, bond yields are up. Um, risk appetite is not fantastic. And yet here we are with the Aussie just over the 71 cents as I speak. So currencies are, don't seem to be alarmed by it. I mean, we are in that summer period, aren't we? So, Markets are a bit sixes and sevens, but I think what's caught my attention today is the fact that uh, longer bond yields is up, and part of that's the inflation story. And I, I have a hunch that oil and energy's got something to do with that as well, Phil. As you said, you know, Brent is back; it's been over a hundred, and it's ninety nine twenty five right now. So, um, yeah, I think you know that, particularly on this side of the Atlantic, there's a lot of issues going on right now. Right. Well, I mean, part of that oil could be explained by, uh, you know, as we get closer towards winter, mm. there's the whole question about substitution, isn't Absolutely. there? Is there going to be a lot of? Because you could look and say, well, oh, this is another good sign as well. That oil's gone up because there's an increased demand 
because uh, everyone's going back, you know, ramping up production. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, you know, things are going back to how they were. But it could just be that, no, this is gas substitution as, uh, as, as we run short of gas supplies. It's the substitution effect for Europe, and that's pushing it up. I, I think that's a big part of it. You know, you know we've, we've, we've been uh, served up with lots of stories in the past couple of weeks about declining water levels in Europe, uh, our water reservoirs running down. Uh, today we've had um, indications from the UK and Norway that, uh, their ability to export um, electricity is going to be down uh, because mm. of all those concerns. How are the Germans going to make up for the shortages in gas? Um, you know, the, the, the Rhine is almost stopped for traffic now, and that, that's quite a, a thoroughfare for uh, things like coal and, um, and, uh, and, and oil and, and general merchandise and so forth. It's like the perfect storm, it is, isn't it? It is a perfect storm. So, you know, you've got that rotation, you know, where is the energy going to come from? And even France has had its issues with its nuclear power as well. So, mm. you know, when the water temperature rises, as it is right now with the weather, uh, French nuclear power stations are not meant to uh, let more water out into the rivers. But, of course, the authorities have dispensed with that at the moment to ensure that, uh, that they can generate sufficient power. So, as you say, everything is going in the wrong direction. I heard one analyst today say that, um, you know, this rotation factor might mean that demand for oil goes up by something like a million and a half barrels a day through the winter. So maybe the market's right. starting to wake up And that's inflationary, of course. Of course. I mean, even, even if you take it out and say, well, okay, let's, let's look at the, you know, the, the, the core number. Let's take, uh, let's take energy out of that. If energy is high, then it affects everything else, the production capability. You're still going to have supply shortages because people can't produce as much because the cost of energy is so, is so much higher. Well, it's pervasive, isn't it? It, it filters yeah. through to everything. And I think, you know, when oil pulled back, um, you know, it's only a week or so back that Brent was, what, $92, $93 a barrel. I think at one stage it's sort of uh, tested below $90 a barrel and here we are back at 100 and the market thought, well, at least, you know, energy and food inflation, that story is probably behind us. But I don't know whether we can be so confident about that right now, particularly mm. as far as energy mm. is concerned. And yet for the brigade who like to think that the worst is over, you know, there are signs that they may be right. So the producer price index has come in uh, in the United States, the core figure month on month has gone down from 0.4% in June. It was expected to be 0.4% again, but it came in at 0.2%. So that is perhaps another indication that perhaps inflation is easing. Uh, and, uh, you know, and if, and if we think that people losing jobs is part of the solution, which is an awful way of looking at it, but if that is part of, part of the answer, then the continuing jobless claims has risen. So, you know, that's another indication that perhaps things are going the way the Fed wants them to. Perhaps. And it, certainly that was true in June. Uh, I mean, that was the mm. story in the CPI, wasn't it, with gasoline prices in the US and uh, in the PPI gasoline prices were down 16.7%. Yeah. But uh, yeah. with WTI pushing back over it well into the 90s again, 
um, July is not going to be that story, is it? Uh, unless things no. change again. But certainly that was that was a little bit helpful. But uh, it's all in front of us. I fear, Phil. So the UK is in a uh, very bizarre place, isn't it? I, I, and by that I mean I don't mean a bizarre place. You know, floating off the coast of France. Uh, I mean <laughs> just where they where they find themselves right now with uh, lots of people with jobs. Yes. People still shopping. The retail numbers are strong. Yes. Uh, despite rising interest rates and all the issues they've got with energy prices, but uh, house prices still going up they according are. to the latest RIC survey, which is the the chartered uh, surveyors survey, isn't it? Uh, but of course, it's it's it is lack of supply that's doing that. But we've got lack of supply in Australia and prices are going down. So it's a, it's a different result in uh, in the UK. It is, it is a different result. Prices are still going up. I mean, all of the measures of house prices, whether it's the right move survey or nation, nationwide, the official UK land registry figures, they're all up near double digit or in double digit land, 9.3, 11, 12.8. But very much thematically, as you say, um, even though there's a lot of expectations of demand pulling away, um, sales inquiries are right down, but so are listings right down, you know, uh, new instructions mm. and the like. In fact, they're at the lowest level for, what, 30, 40, 50 years. So uh, yeah. as a part of the, as a percentage of the property stock, you know, it must be a microcosm of, of, of so the market is short supply. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. and, that, and, and that's, so that's keeping prices up, but at least it, but at least it means that people are not, you know, uh, in such a difficult situation that they're having to bail out and sell the houses. And, Indeed, uh, everyone's know, got a job, sale. right? Yeah. So you pay your mortgage yeah, yeah. off. Yeah. Same as Australia, exactly the same. Yeah, and that is the crazy thing, isn't it? Because we're going to get UK GDP for for June mm. uh, and and for Q, and for the three months up to then. Uh, so yeah, the question is, what's that? What's that going to be? Yes. And uh, and and is that going to be? You know, is it, it? It shouldn't be negative. I mean, Andrew Bailey has said those six quarters of negative growth are going to start in the second half <laughs> of this year. Uh, but uh, but maybe he's wrong. Maybe it'd be eight quarters of uh, of negative growth. Perhaps who knows? But uh, I mean, I, you know, we've said this before. Is it, even if it is negative, you know, it does does that mean that they're going into recession? How can you have a recession when the unemployment rate is at three point eight percent? I mean, the lowest it's ever been in the UK is three point four percent. If you look at the average from nineteen seventy one to twenty twenty two, that's six point seven nine percent. Three point eight percent out of work doesn't seem like a recession, does doesn't, it? It doesn't seem like a recession. And every time I walk to work. Um, you know, the, the tourists are just overflowing here right now. Yeah. So as far as the tourism industry is concerned, that has been booming. You know, we've heard all these stories about um, you know, problems at the airport. It's not demand that's a problem. It's getting workers to actually unload and load bags onto aircraft like Qantas executives are doing probably as we speak right now, Phil. But um, yeah. uh, the interesting thing about the the June, so we get the Q2 GDP, uh, and and most expect uh, that to be down. The, the median is minus 0.2 in the quarter. Uh, those estimates, you know, has a, a long left-hand tail down to uh, minus 0.5. I think is is the lowest that I've seen. Um, but it's the June month that will get a lot of interest because. It's going to be quite negative, but not the reasons we would expect. And the, and the reason is unless uh, ONS changes their seasonal adjustment, this is all getting a bit technical and boring, but unless they change their seasonal <laughs> adjustment, it's it's the, uh, the Platinum Jubilee two-day holiday, which has happened oh, every right. decade 
for what since 2002 and uh so it's it's all the queen's fault (laughs) yes so so uh in 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 june 2002 monthly gdp was down 2.2 and then it bounced back by 1.4 decade ago down 1.7 up two so if it's down one and a half or two percent of something of that order it's mainly going to be that factor i think unless somehow they manage to take account of that um, so that'll, right. that'll be people the- were out. People were out over those over those days. They were out buying their merchandise. They were going crazy. It would have been a booster to all those people oh. coming over to celebrate with the Queen. You know the the Australians because uh, you know you're also so fanatical about the Queen. Yes, yes. Take part. Uh, take know. part in the pageant and do all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. which you did, of course. You know, you were you you were part of it, weren't I you? Was. Uh, so so I mean that we would counter some of that anyway. Anyway, we'll see what that we'll see what that figure is. But it's very difficult to know, isn't it, when we look at GDP numbers as to w- what it's really telling Indeed. us, uh, because uh, you know it, it, w- what is driving it down and and how much of it is 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 temporary. That's the question. Correct. The the detail is super important yeah. here. Is it a genuine fall? Uh, and if it's a positive. Um, you know, that's what the, I think that's where the risk is that everyone expects it to be negative and go negative. But how quickly will that happen? I fear, you know, we're going to get a bit of a jolt come September, October, November when all these price rises for energy come through, unless the new government, whoever the leader is, uh, quickly stumps up with some extra cash for those who are already struggling to pay their bills now. Phil. Yeah. Yeah, well, that might help, mightn't it? It help them and also um, um, help bring down inflation as well. You would have thought. I mean, we've talked about that in the Indeed. podcast before. You know, inflation isn't as bad as it might be in in parts of Europe because governments have stepped in and subsidised the cost of fuel, which is not happening to the same extent in in the UK. So, uh, yeah, maybe the Bank of England would be uh, less uh, keen to lift quite so aggressively if uh, if there'd been some government support. Look, we get uh, the University of Michigan uh, consumer sentiment and inflation expectations later on today. I think the expectation yeah. is that uh, this is, you know, the people's read of current conditions, that it will have improved a little. Yes. The same for expectations. But inflation, uh, I mean, how useful is this? We're, we're, asking peop- we're asking people what they think. The man in, I mean, you know, economists I mean, and central bankers can't agree what inflation is going to be. How is the man in the street going to have Phil, any idea? Phil, Phil, you and I have got no idea what inflation is going to be in five to ten years' no. time. I don't know whether it's going to be 1%, 10% or something else. Right. Pick so a number. How, how, would, how would that pick a number? So I, I think it... My hunch is it follows, you know, what they hear on the news. Is inflation going up or is it going down? What are they seeing at the petrol pump? Mm. Those two mm. things. So um, on that score, it should be a, it should be relatively subdued again. When I say subdued, less than three percent. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, we get that. We uh, also get industrial production numbers for Europe, which obvi- obviously are expected to slow. A new one loans for, for China. It's a relatively quiet day today, isn't it? I guess we just wait and s- we see how the market settles down uh, later on today as it still tries to figure out what we're trying to figure out. You know, it, it, what happens next? <laughs> uh, and we'll find out next week. Good to talk. Catch you again soon, Dave. Thanks. Will do, Phil. Cheers. And that's it. That's the morning call from NAB for this week. I'm Phil Dobby. I'm back again on Monday morning. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.